Welcome to the Women of the West podcast, exploring the trials and bliss of women blazing trails for themselves through the Western way of life. All right, I just want to give you a little warning. There's a couple spots where my microphone kind of wanes out and you can't hear me very well, but y'all are here to listen to Adrian anyway, so I apologize. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Thanks for listening. Adrian Brandon is a singer-songwriter and inspiration to women around the world. By speaking up about her past and her present, Adrian has touched more lives than I think she can imagine. Listen in as we talk about her new album, Being Brave While Being Alone, Love, and All Things In Between. Oh, I'm so excited about today. This is going to be awesome. Oh, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I think we will have a, some good things to talk about. Well, I think you're doing an amazing job and I'm excited that you're doing this because I have a feeling that you're going to approach different things than maybe other people would. And I, yeah, I think it's really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it's been really fun so far. I've got to talk to a lot of people who I wouldn't have any other excuse to talk to. (laughs) Otherwise, my God, I totally used to do that with like when I would, um, do fashion stuff on the Buckaroo Barbie blog with my sister Liz. Like we would, mm-hmm. you know, we'd, we'd sometimes showcase girls and, and it kind of got to where it was like, Oh my God, that girl is like, oh, I love her outfit. I totally want to be able to do that. And it's like, Hey, I have a fashion blog. Can I take a photo of you? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, I would never be able to talk to these goddesses of fashion. If you know, I didn't have a camera in my hands. <laughs> exactly. And you know, we're so scared to talk to these people and I've, I know. Not had one experience where someone was like, no, go away. You know, like well, people are excited uh, to share what they've got. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, I think it's so weird because like in our in our day and age of technology, and I mean, I love technology. I really do. I exist on technology. And I mean, that's the reason we're able to talk today. But at the same time, it's really interesting. I remember like my first semester of school um, at college, my mom was like, oh, you know, you're going to meet so many people. It's going to be so great. And I mean, I am an introvert, but at the same time, it was really hard to meet people because everybody's just on their phones and like people are scared to talk to each other nowadays. And it's so weird because if you try and like introduce yourself to somebody or like, like you're weird if you do. (laughs) That's why you got to find the old people in the room. They always want to chat. Six plus, they're friendly. (laughs) Or the old people at heart. Like seriously, I've met so many people. I think honestly, like. I'm totally going there. Like you and I are old people inside of young women's like bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have the, the hobbies of 85 year old men and I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm totally, I not only have the hobbies of 85 year old men, I have the wardrobe of 85 year old men now. And I'm totally cool with that. And I have the bedtime of an 85 year old man. I'm like, it's eight 30 people. Why are we still awake? No, I don't want to go to dinner at nine o'clock. I I have a date with my pillow. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some rule of success that like your morning has to start at 3 a.m. And I'm not Mm -hmm. convinced I'm there yet. But like every time I wake up early, there's just like everyone's at coffee shops getting their stuff done. I'm like, is this the way to live? I think here we come. (laughs) Right. And like people like Steve Jobs, supposedly, and and Mark Zuckerberg and all those kinds of guys, like, you know, all these entrepreneurs are extremely early risers. And I'm like, okay, five o'clock, five 30. I can totally, I can get on board with that. I'm not going to be happy about it until I have coffee, but then I'm good. And then I'm always happy when I wake (laughs) up. But like, 
Three thirty, four o'clock. Oh, heck no! Get out of Dodge. But no, no. <laughs> so let's it's be honest. It's happening. too damn cold. It's, it's too damn too, cold at five a.m. <laughs> it is too damn cold. Oh my gosh! I say that in California. Oh my gosh! I've gotten so wimpy. <laughs> so congratulations on your new album i am so excited to see how wildly successful it's been (laughs) oh my god thank you it's It's so fun to watch it's so weird (laughs) it's so weird honestly i was actually talking to my dad about it yesterday who my dad is a um i mean he's he's a researcher basically he's an he's an academic and so he researches for a living and which is a weird comparison with being a cowboy as well. And it was funny because I was telling him, I was like, well, yeah, you know, I went down on the charts on the billboard charts. And he was like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no. Like, I mean, even if I did, that would be okay. But I mean, like I went down to like 37 rather than 44 on the country sales charts. And it was quiet for a second. He goes, sweetie, that means that you went up, not down. You don't even know how to read the charts. I'm like, oh, no, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> nobody taught me how to do this <laughs> it's it's been really cool to see though and it's it's honestly it's really it's also very weird because um you know i'm not signed to a label i'm an independent artist this was definitely a a very different kind of project and it wasn't something that technically should have been allowed on the charts um <laughs> even and i kind of still have no idea how that happened but i i guess yeah it's it's been really crazy i keep pinching myself (laughs) (laughs) and i think you know just listening to it i cried the whole time first listen through just bawling just bawling i was like this is so awesome you know i'm sorry (laughs) no that's a good thing you know it's everyone i've talked to it's just like spoken to them in such a way that most music doesn't and even thinking, I was like, who else sings about this kind of stuff? You know, even just going through my Spotify and like the only other person I could think of would be like Brandy Carlisle. You know, oh, like, you know, the feeling oh you gosh. get when you listen to her because it's just it's real shit going on. And not a lot of people sing about that. And it oh, was, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Well, that really, and like, I mean, real talk for a second. I, that means a lot to me because it was a really scary project to God. It was a terrifying project to put out. Actually, it was, you know, I mean, if we're being completely transparent here, which I mean, it's your podcast. So I'm assuming we're able to just like, Hey, (laughs) Hey guys, we're real here, which is one of the reasons I love you. Um, you know, it's, it's an album about abuse basically. And it's an album about finding yourself after abuse and, and, serious pain and hurt and and healing after that and finding joy and it's it's it was really scary because as much as i adore and love the culture that we're in within the western world it's still a really delicate subject and it's not something that i really thought people were gonna that's that's awesome and i think you know it it means something to you but everyone else listening to it Maybe they don't connect it to abuse, but it just connects to emotion and everyone has felt it differently. And, mm. you know, it's, it's it was very interesting to listen to. And I, I appreciate you putting it out and we probably listened to it nine times around on the way to Elko. 
Oh my god, you poor girls. Okay, and seriously, I have to say, like, I so wish I had been able to go with you girls on your Elko trip. That looks like so much fun. Did you guys have an absolute blast? Oh my gosh, we did. I'm actually this afternoon I'm putting together our stories from Elko. We made so many friends and so many good memories. So you wanna hear what we actually did in Elko? No, (laughs) if I wanna hear what you about it. Yeah, okay, the PG, PG thirteen version of what actually happened. Yeah, I'll call you or text you later to find out the the behind the scenes. <laughs> oh. oh my god! That's another place. Western culture is still so strong there, but the people are so genuine and they're weird. I love it. Everyone's got I a know. different like niche and skill, and they're willing to share it, and they're not willing to hide it. You know, and it was really really refreshing. I needed the reset. Yeah. Elko really is a melting pot. I mean, there's everybody shows up at Elko. It's really interesting. You know, you have your poetry gathering goers and you have your cowboys and your ranch families, and then you have your hippies. And then you have people that are like, you know, visiting from Chicago or Delaware or, you know, like Brazil. And they're like, Hey, I heard about this place. I wanted to come see it. And they just dive in with all this joy and excitement. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, this is this is such an example of what America actually is. It's just all of these crazy different people from so many different backgrounds and walks of life melding into one, you know, one week. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should go. Everyone yeah, should absolutely. go. <laughs> at least at least once in your life, you have to go to Elko. I have to say my favorite memory of Elko is still the first time I went, I was a little, little girl. My dad was working for um, Larry Shooty out in, uh, outside of Oasis and which is east of Elko. And, <laughs> and we walked and I was a little girl granted. So I don't remember like everything. I'm sure the story being retold is like filled it into my brain, but we were walking by a, um, let's, uh, let's say a casino or an adult, um, establishment. My sister, my mom, my dad, and I, my mom is like super hot, long hair, tight wranglers, you know, just, she's just, she's a smoke show. She's gorgeous. She looks younger than me. It's so irritating. And apparently a minor (laughs) said something inappropriate to her. And my dad was like, girls keep walking. And I remember like walking and then realizing that my dad was like wrapping this minor around a telephone pole next to the road going, Oh, daddy's taking care of everything. It's like, that will forever be Elko to me. Is that my dad beat up a minor for my mom. And I've never, t- I've never told that story before either on a show or anything. So there's your exclusive about the Braden family. We're nuts. <laughs> Just tell your dad not to listen to this one. I know. He has a way of finding out everything, though. He's so, he's so sweet and he's so supportive. And honestly, like I wouldn't have known what was going on with the album without him because I'm kind of one of those, like, I can ignore things. Oh my gosh, like so well, like it's my full-time job. If I don't want to deal with it, I can, I'm like an ostrich, like ruffled feathers, stick your head in the sand and ignore it. And so like, if, if my dad wasn't watching charts or looking at magazines or that sort of thing, I would never know what's going on with my own career. (laughs) Well, I He's hope you really pay him handy. well. <laughs> I, I do. I pay. Of course, he gets to be around me. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, Dads are good. So things. you've had a lot of good reactions with the album. Have you had any bad ones to speak of? 
So, you know, it's it's really funny that you say that. It was actually, it was talking to my sister and her fiancé. Ooh, I get to say fiancé now. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, who Hashtag Captain and the Cowgirl. <laughs> hashtag Captain and the Cowgirl. They are so cool. Oh, my gosh. I've never, my sister was like, is this what happens on Instagram every day? Like, that I got, like, there were so many likes going on, and I'm like, yeah, baby, like, yep, your proposal <laughs> picture going viral there, Liz. You, you guys are the next Kim and Kanye. It's awesome. <laughs> They're so cute. But, you know, her, her fiance, Mike, he was, he was, um, involved in the music industry years ago, and we were, we were all sitting around talking the other day, and it was interesting because, I was kind of trying to figure out how to protect myself, like just emotionally, honestly, from the backlash that I have assumed is going to be coming. And like there for a while, for a couple of years, like there was an I hate Adrian blog. There was like a, there was all this, you know, kind of like a social media blogs that were like, okay, well, this person isn't who we want her to be. So we're basically just going to like... <laughs> not have anything good to say about her for a couple of years. And it was really hard for me because I had to train myself to not like go read those and go really be too hard on myself. And it's been really cool because in the past year, I've just, I've been able to let all of that go and ignore it and not listen to it. So I was totally prepared to protect myself from the quote unquote backlash that I was expecting because I mean, I was like I said, I was totally expecting backlash. I was expecting negative reviews and negative feedback. Leah, there has not been one bad review that I have gotten. And it has been so weird. <laughs> like, and, and I know that sounds silly, but like, I mean, when I was 14, I, um, I came out with my first album, Highway 80. And at that point, there was like, there was a couple of, sorry, I'm closing my wood stove. I'm putting more wood on it. So if you hear a funny noise, it's that cast iron door closing. <laughs> it's cold here. <laughs> um, but at that time, like there was, there was definitely a couple of female Western entertainers, but they weren't singing about cowboying per se. It was mostly like old school, 1950s, 1940s cowboy music. And it was really interesting because for me, like one of the things I loved about Ian Tyson's music growing up and Tom Russell's music growing up was that there were things like electric guitars and drums. I mean, Hot Summer Tears by Ian Tyson um, on that, well, the album with him in the red shirt. I can never remember the name of it. Um, God, I make a great musician. But that, that Hot Summer <laughs> Tears song, there was this electric guitar solo that I freaking loved. And I remember going into recording Highway 80 saying, you know, I want to do this. And Nate White um, was the incredible lead guitarist on that first album. And he, he totally was able to do that. And I, it was, it was really crazy because I remember there was a review in, do you remember if it was, it wasn't Western Horseman. It was, um, it was an equine magazine of some kind. And I don't remember which one it was or a Western living magazine. And whoever reviewed it was like, you know, this would be a great album, except that she really sounds like a cowboy nickelback. <laughs> and I remember like thinking, Oh my God, how did you know? Like nickelback's my favorite man. Like at the time Chad Kroger was, you know, I mean, he was the big deal in 2008, 2009. <laughs> it was, it was a huge deal. Um, and it was so funny because I remember that being a bad thing. And then now, um, 
and, and, you know, kind of getting backlash for that. And now it's like, okay, I don't think about when I approached this project, I, when I finally decided what I was actually going to do, which was what I felt like I needed to do, not what other people were expecting or wanted. I didn't have to really think, oh, that's too much electric guitar. That's not going to make the cowboy world feel comfortable. It didn't, it didn't matter. It was okay. We're doing this project. And at the end of it, I have to be happy with it and I have to be proud of it. And that was literally all I was going for. So to kind of realize that that actually ended up being, it it, it was kind of in the whole, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think like (laughs) over a bottle of wine, but I mean, if, if when you stop trying to please people, all of a sudden something crazy happens and you like, not to sound too heebie-jeebie, but you kind of find this really intense piece. And I feel like that's what happened with this album. It just kind of, it just became exactly what it needed to be really. And God, I'm going to sound like such an artist, but it happened really organically and really naturally. <laughs> and I can't now you sound I like just, you're from California. I know. I can't believe I just used that <laughs> word, but it kind of was the best word to describe it. Cause it, yeah, it's, it's been really intense. And I, and maybe I'm missing the negative backlash. I have to say I have like, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of terrible. I don't scroll a lot on Facebook. Um, because Facebook's hard for me because it kind of feels like a negative place, honestly. Yeah. It was, it was so cool because this girl actually, and it was a, it was a random girl's post and I don't actually know her. Um, and she was saying something about this song, Happy Ending, which is, this really, I think it's a hilarious song, um, which is basically, you know, I ain't perfect, but I'm pretty. I ain't from a big city and the truck that I drive while well, it always breaks down. So it's basically like, I ain't, you know, I ain't skinny, but if you let me, I can cook some mean gravy. And in the end, I think that matters more. <laughs> and she was like writing this post saying, how she felt like there was so much pressure on women nowadays and that that like made her feel comforted that she wasn't the only one going, Hey, no, there's more to me than the fact that, you know, I'm a size double zero and I'm the quote unquote cool kid on the block just because I'm not X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C. Maybe I'm Z, T, and X and that's perfect. And it was so cool because that was really what I wanted not just women, but anybody to take away from that song and, and the album was like, Hey, <laughs> we're not all one thing. It's okay. And it's great. And sometimes some of us jiggle and don't look perfect in yoga pants and our vehicles break down and we like carbs more than we should. And life is hard and it's not easy and we all go through it. And if anybody pretends like they don't, they're probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> Like life is hard. Let's talk about it. So is yeah, it's just it's been really cool to see the reaction. And honestly, if there has been negative feedback, I haven't seen it. And honestly, I don't really want to. <laughs> I'm I'm to that healthy place in my life where I don't go looking for the bad stuff anymore. Hey, which cowboy nickelback again? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, it's so funny. It was like, how dare this girl? Who does she think she is? Nickelback? It sounds like Nickelback. And you know, my (laughs) fifteen year old self is going, Yes, I sound like Nickelback. (laughs) Oh so pathetic. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a good story to segue into how we met. I oh my gosh. Elko to see you sing and we're all like pretty day drunk and crying because there's this <laughs> blonde goddess on stage in front of us and you sneak off the side and I'm like, guys, we gotta get her. We gotta get her. And I remember get her, she's running my head. I peeked my head through a curtain and I was like, hey, we want to talk to you. And you were gracious enough to pull us backstage and we got to laugh and and then we got shushed. Oh I mean, God. then we got in trouble from my stage manager that was like, young lady, you need to lower your voice. And I was like, okay, but Dwayne, like, there's a group of girls here and we're talking about tacos. And he was like, do you have tacos? It was like, no, we don't. He was like, then you need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm, that's the picture I'm going to share on this episode is us comparing our belly rolls over the our tops. Belly of rolls? Seriously, yay for belly rolls. I actually ran across some pictures of that day the other day from an interview that I actually gave in the parking lot. And I'm wearing this like 1940s purple sweater. And I'm like, did I not realize that my belly was hanging over my... Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I probably ate lots of tacos that day. <laughs> no, that was so cool. And you guys were... You guys were like this band of, of wild women, like attacking Elko. It was so cool. You're all, you all showed up. And like you said, I mean, I didn't know at the time that you guys had been day drinking, but it was so awesome because it was like, wait a second, who are these chicks? Like, no, come back. I want to hang out with you guys. You're cool. <laughs> That's the funny thing is we get so much attention just because we travel in a pack. And no yeah. normally I hate, you know, when girls go to the bathroom together, I, I makes my skin crawl i hate that but i love those women i'm gonna spend every second i get to right on our weekend together you know we yes. look like mean girls prancing around but no you, know, you don't look like okay. mean girls though <laughs> that's the thing is that you don't look like mean girls because you guys are actually nice it's it's interesting you can tell because there's there's a different vibes with different groups of girls and some of them are like happy flamingos going to the bathroom together in big packs. And then some of them are like groups of lionesses and it's like, Oh, okay. We don't mess with them. All right. And you guys are definitely really happy flamingos. So you're good. Oh, <laughs> you're a I'm good girl. You think that we almost <laughs> hey. got our asses kicked in the star this year <gasps> because somebody didn't think we were nice flamingo women. Oh, well, if it's in the star during poetry. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I, yeah. Oh, I've had that happen. Up. Oh, she came up and she goes, you guys look like a bunch of bitches. We go, what? What? Are you One serious? One of your girls was talking smack, blah, 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 blah. And I finally, you know, humor usually saves you. And so I looked at her yeah. and said, hey, do I look smart enough to get in a bar fight with you? I know you could whoop me. And then she gave oh me a hug gosh. and we were all right after that. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so dangerous. Like if you're, it's dangerous being a nice girl and it's dangerous being a mean girl in a bar. Like, and I always, I always see you're smart. Like you totally diffuse the situation. I actually did the same exact thing this last year. I was at the star with my best friend Steely and like this girl came up to me and was like, what are you doing here? You should be at the folk life center doing blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah. Steely, save me! Like, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands! This is so awkward! Because there was a time when, you know, when I was, like, a teenager that I probably, and I'll just be totally honest, I probably would have just often hit her when I was a teenager, and I'm not really like that anymore, like, at all. And I'm kind of <laughs> a little awkward in public now as I've become more of an introvert, and it was kind of like, okay, 
she's looking me in the eye waiting for me to respond, but can I maybe slip away without her noticing? Like, can I make this happen? <laughs> no. No, you can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elko can be fun. It can also be very high intensity. There's a lot of a lot of people vying for I don't know, uh to feel needed and loved and and excited and there's a lot of high energy and yeah, it's definitely it's an intense it's an intense experience. Yeah, it, really <laughs> it it really is. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited uh, to hear the podcast of your guys' experience. That'll be awesome. Oh, it'll be good. I'm excited. That's my project <laughs> after this today. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about your solo camping trips. You just up and send it. Absolutely <laughs> send it. And oh. one of my friends, uh, recently she said, you know, well, she wanted us to come back to Winnemucca. And I was like, mm-hmm. girl, I just went eight hours to Elko. I ain't going nine, ten hours to Winnemucca. <laughs> and so we said, go by yourself. And she said, I'm not brave like you. I can't go by myself. Oh, That's not brave. Going by yourself is the most what's the word? It's almost sensual to go somewhere yeah. by yourself. It's decadent. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of, and you know, it's funny. I feel like I'm on the verge of always giving my mom like a permanent heart attack, honestly, and my grandparents. Well, actually, everybody in my family, probably everybody except my sister, is like, oh my gosh, you're so gonna like not come back one day. Um, but you know, honestly, like, like you just said, sexual is actually probably a really good word to describe it. I, I think sometimes as women, I think sometimes we have this weird mentality that, well, we're a single woman alone somewhere. Like you're basically asking to get hurt and you're basically asking to get messed with. And I finally, like for me, I, I had reached a point in my life. I was trying to do something very different. I was, I was really, I was hurting at the time. I was dealing with a lot of the stuff from my past. I was, I mean, I was, I'd been in therapy for years. I was angry. I was sad. And I had tried to go and do a nine to five job. If you can imagine that I was reporting for a TV station in Santa Barbara and it was an amazing job. It was incredible. Um, it was this amazing opportunity with great people. It was lovely. And it was literally slowly killing me. I, I remember like I would, I would show up to go to work and I would, this is so bad. And I'm so sorry if my previous employer was listening to this, but like I, I would write poetry on my computer when I was editing about wanting to leave. And, and then I woke up one day and I was like, huh, well, why don't I just leave? And I was like, no, Adrian, you can't do that. And, you know, I'm kind of having this conversation with myself sitting in bed going, well, why can't you? I was like, Hmm. Well, I don't know why. I think I will. And my parents are big time gypsies. I mean, we grew up. It's so funny because I think frequently a lot of the time when I've given interviews in the past, people have assumed that I'm like this ranch raised kid. And I mean, we lived on ranches at different times in my life, but I was definitely not raised on a ranch. I was raised in Scotland. I was raised in Nevada. I was raised in Ukraine. I was raised in, on the road and, you know, in the highlands and, and, Germany and Poland and Switzerland and France. And I mean, 
we, we were everywhere as kids. And my parents just had this very, I mean, travel and exploration was very normalized in our family. And it didn't seem like a big deal to get a camper on the truck. And I'll never forget my mom. She was so sweet. She surprised me with some things in my camper, like a little, um, a little hanger, a spot to hang my show, my show shirts from the, the top of the camper and a little light in the back. And my grandpa helped me build a, well, actually my grandpa, and my dad helped me build a little bed and a bookcase that turned into a checkbox. And I basically grabbed my stuff and I had booked a bunch of shows and I just left. And it was, it was great because my family was like, Hey, like, be careful. We'll see you soon. And it, in the back of my mind, it was kind of like, I don't want to be careful and I might see you later and that's okay. Um, and I'll never forget it was, it was leaving Ventura and I, I drove out of, um, Oh, I went out of Santa Paula and out towards, um, Santa Clarita. No, it was San, yeah, it was Santa Clarita, which is this great little town here in California. And I remember like literally looking in the rearview mirror and going, you know what? I don't want to see you for a little while. I need to just, and not that I hadn't been traveling before that, but it was kind of in this final way of just going, okay, I need, I need something different and I don't know what it is, but I'm literally not going to come back to this town until I've figured that out. And it was really, it was really funny. Like, I, God, I hope my parents don't listen to this in a way because like, I, I remember I, I sunk my truck axle deep in a lake outside of Bodie. I camped for a week in a ghost town. Like I, I had a, I had a, um, I call them hobos. I don't know. I don't know what he was. Honestly, there was this guy that showed up in a graveyard. I was walking through one night at like 11 o'clock at night because naturally going to an old West, like ghost town graveyard at 11 o'clock at night is a great idea. And I'm like trundling through the graveyard and this dude pokes up out of like the headstones and asked me like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and things like, things like just, I mean, I was probably, and this is going to sound so terrible, but it's your podcast. So I know I can say it. Like I was probably naked more than clothed because I was always skinny dipping and running around the woods and camping in places that there weren't people. It was, it was this very, it was this very free thing. Cause I was able to just go. And if I knew there was a, you know, a, a national park or a forest or something that I wanted to go see, I'd go camp in it. And you know, I'd, I was self, I was self-contained. I was able to just go. And I didn't have a dog at the time. Um, you know, I was definitely armed when I went and did it, but there was never really, it was, it was amazing to realize how actually safe it was. And I encountered so many amazing people that, that was really the thing is I, I encountered so many incredible folks that I never would have met that have been these lasting, insane relationships that I, you know, if you stay at home, you don't, you don't get that. And I really, I think as women, it's scary because we have so many people telling us, you know, well, you know, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get mugged. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. Well, you know, and you could get hit by a car crossing the street as well in your hometown. Um, anything could happen. 
literally, I, I've recently lost two very dear people to my heart and literally within the past two months and one right after the other. And it sounds so cliche, but life really is not that long. And if you don't go out and do these things that your heart is telling you you need to go do, you're going to wake up one day and be 75 years old and go, damn, I really wish that when I had the chance, I had gone and done that. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, that's great, but I don't have the money to do that. Or I don't have the support system to do that. Or I don't have this or that. Well, that's fine. There's things that, you know, I didn't have going and doing it either, but you figure it out if you want to do it badly enough. Um, I think it's, I think it's really important for women of any age and, and men, quite frankly, but specifically women to, to not feel that like we're going to shame you if you're not working, you know, this full-time job, balancing a family and doing this and that, not that that's wrong. You know, if you're a mom, pack the kids up, you know, go figure out a way to go take your kids and go do this, show them the world, show them what is out there or go do weekend trips. Like, you know, go pack up those bedrolls, go take them out, let them explore, let them see everything that the world has to offer because it's an incredible world out there. <laughs> it is. I remember as a kid, my parents are big, big history geeks. And I, you know, 12 years old, ugh, we're driving to another ghost town. Ugh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and now I'm like, <laughs> my idea of a vacation is driving to a ghost town. I'm like, oh my God, right? my parents. But it's true. <laughs> you know, those things stick with you as you grow up. and Yeah. Make absolutely you decide how you I mean you get to decide but, I do what you're like, but absolutely yeah they really they do they have such a huge impact on who we are as adults and honestly I'm like I'm always so thankful that my mom and dad wanted to go explore and travel and go do all that because you know it just kind of gives you a different taste for adventure I think and I also think it can be learned you know because like, I don't know about your, I don't know about your friend, but like, I've heard a lot of women say, well, oh, you know, I'm just not that kind of person. Well, maybe you are, you know, maybe you just haven't met her yet. <laughs> well, and going by yourself, you know, you were sleeping in, naked in the back of a truck, but going by yourself can even be going and finding <laughs> a cabin to rent or a hotel room. If that's, you know, exactly folks, you know, it comes in oh. so many different forms. Absolutely. There's so many different ways. Oh, there's so many different ways to do that. Absolutely. There's, you know, my, my dad, and it's funny because I use, I know I use him as an example, but he, um, his kind of time doing that was he trapped, he had a trapping camp and he lived in a lean to and trapped for quite a while. And that was like his, I went off and you know, did this grand adventure. My mom, she went to Scotland by herself and, um, and adventured. And I think it's, yeah, it can look, it can look exactly like you imagine it. You just have to not let other people's expectations of what your life should look like hold you down. And that sounds so easy to say that, but at, at a certain point, I think you, you kind of get to a point in your life where you're like, no, you know what? It's okay. I'm the one living it. I've got to go do this. How you know, I'm not going to regret looking back on how I lived my life. Yeah. 
And it's it's so comfortable to stay where you are and stay home and you know stay <laughs> with your routine and you know it's hard to break that. It's like yeah, it takes you a day or two to be like, God, I don't have to answer any calls. I don't have to <laughs> yeah. do this. You know, I can do whatever the yeah. heck I want to. Well, and you know, sometimes I think staying at home can also be the adventure. And that sounds so silly after it just was like, you know, go get out there. But at the, at the same time, for me, gosh, coming back home right now and having a home to come to and, um, you know, I have a little cabin in the mountains and, um, it's, it's just right. And, you know, I took a couple months off this winter to, to write and get this album out. And honestly, it was this totally different adventure in and of itself, just, being in one place for a little while too it's I think you know your journey can kind of be be anything that you need in that moment or that you can imagine Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely also for anybody oh sorry (laughs) no go go ahead go ahead I was just gonna say like for any girls that are gonna like go and camp and go do a trip or something get the app boondocking it's amazing. It's this free app that tells you where all the free camping spots in America are. And I mean, it's, it's incredible and it literally changed my life. So boondocking, it's amazing. I'll send you a link and maybe you can post it in the, in the description for people or something. Cause it's, it's pretty rocking. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds awesome. I will definitely yeah. add that. <laughs> and nothing says adventure like a free campsite because you never know where they actually are. <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. And it's and it's hard sometimes. You know, one year that I was on the road full time, there was a fire ban in literally like every state. And if you cook over a fire, which I hadn't even gotten a backpacker's camp stove at that point, like I was just such a little wild animal and all I was using was a fire. It was like, well, I guess I'm not getting coffee today. Adrian, you can go buy a $20 stove. It's okay. But, <laughs> but not having to like find a place to go camp that was free and knowing that, you know, there's a great place that you can level your truck and, and go stay and, um, and cook and, you know, doesn't have to be close by anybody, but they can, a lot of them are super remote, but they're, they're out there. They're cool. And I love I have my your cowgirl book on my nightstand that my mom bought me for Christmas. But talk so much about moving forward and and you know I think you're one of the most joyous people. Sorry, Ann <laughs> Dilworth. She's she's also up there. The gal I interviewed last time <laughs> on my social media feed, and you know, did the album like help you move forward at all? Oh, in- I think in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, you know, I've, I've heard, it's actually funny that you say that. I've heard people say a lot of the time, um, in the past when I was focusing on the bad stuff, I heard people say things like, you know, she's just so happy all the time, like in this kind of angry way, like it's so fake. And, and honestly, I, I was really not happy for so long and in so much pain. I, I mean, you know me, I'm an open book. I, I experienced, um, assault for the first time when I was 14. And since I was 14, life has not been totally easy. (laughs) And I think as you, as you go through life, you, you get to make the decision in this day, in this moment, 
you have this time right now to decide how you're going to live your life in anger and sadness and pain or in joy and in attempting to, to help others to, to do the same thing and to find joy. And I think joy is very different than happiness because happiness can be very fleeting and be very, um, uh, kind of, kind of surface level. And joy is the knowledge, I think, to me at least, that even on the hard days, you have intense and unyielding joy inside you that, and, and it sounds so lame, I guess, but you have that joy inside of you. And no matter what's going on in the world around you, it, it doesn't matter. It can't squash it. And you can still have a bad day. And you can still struggle and you can still have heartache and hard times and hardships and, and, and struggle. It doesn't take away that struggle, but that, that constant movement forward, I don't know what we have in life besides looking to that next, that next thing that keeps us motivated, that keeps us driven. You know, I, I don't want to live a static life. I don't want to live the stagnant kind of, okay, well, we're sitting in one place. And that's not to say physically, that's just even mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I don't want to be in one place. I want to be always looking for that next thing. So, and, and I think the album, the album was really not only moving on, it was moving on and being okay with letting go because I held on to a lot of pain for a long time. And like my mom, <laughs> she was, she can't listen to a couple of songs on the album. Like she, she just can't because she knows the stories behind them and like black rock woman and, um, gunpowder on the wind. Those are two of, those are the two most honest pieces I've ever written. And, and they're, they're kind of hard, but in a way it was also like, okay, you know, we recorded this album live. It's on tape and I'm leaving it all on the tape. And when it's recorded and it's gone out there, it's, it's gone. And it doesn't mean I forget it. It doesn't mean that I ignore it. It just means that it's, it's had its time in my life and now I'm saying goodbye to it and that's okay. (laughs) They are. Oh my God. They're mine too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And you've done so much of it in the, you know, limelight of social media. I had to giggle. You know, you posted like half a line about finding the love of your life. And someone was like, more info now. Right now <laughs> I know. want to know. I know. I it's so. With that, but. I was actually laughing because I saw that you saw that. And I was giggling to myself because obviously like for the everybody listening, like nobody knows the things that Leah and I know about each other. <laughs> and probably for the better. Probably. <laughs> But it's so funny to me because, like, that's the first thing I've said in the year and a half that I've been with the love of my life, like, literally. And it's so funny because nobody's known about it. And the second you say, like, you know, here's this thing, but I'm not saying anything more about it. This is mine. We're moving on. Somebody's like, any chance that you'll say something more? And it's like, no, go read read that, silly. Like, I just said no. (laughs) And I I remember this summer when you talked about traveling with someone and I'm like yes I'll bet somebody will pick up on that one you know (laughs) I you know they didn't it was hilarious so for you know those Leah's listeners um this this is so funny well let's just like call him 
We should call him LOL, like love of life. Literally, that's kind of what he is. He's like, he's the LOL. He's the love of the life. And he's totally amazing. And we did this huge trip where I was doing shows and like, I never take people on shows with me and I never travel with anybody. And we went and did this big, huge, long trip. And it was so funny because at one point, I think I had posted a photo when we were like in Oregon or Washington or something. And somebody was like, wow, you know, that's got to be a really cool camp spot to be all on your own. And I like, I look over and there's like six dogs and him sitting by the campfire. And I'm like, yep, it's really lonely. <laughs> I don't really know how to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great less sensual when there's Less sensual when there's six dogs running around. We'll say that. Exactly. exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh, but what would we do without them? <laughs> <laughs> probably have more money because the feed bills wouldn't be so big right <laughs> probably probably oh my oh. gosh oh that's funny and that's gotta be such a, <laughs> a a special thing to have that be so private you know like the fact that you've made it like a conscious effort to like just make it all yours that sounds awesome <laughs> well you know and it's it's so funny my sister and and Mike, her fiance, they, they kind of give us some hell, like, Hey, you know, you guys stop hiding each other. And, and for us, it's like, we're not hiding each other. We, I, you know, I haven't really had, and, and this is by choice. I, I definitely am an oversharer, but I'm an oversharer because I believe in bringing awareness to things like abuse. And maybe, maybe that is oversharing, but in, in a way, you know, when you, when you're on social media in, and kind of the way that I am, sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, there's like nothing that nobody doesn't know about me. And to have one thing like your relationship that's all on your own, it's, it's really lovely. It's really, yeah, it's, it's great. And it's definitely not been easy because there's so many times that I want to be like, yeah, we're doctoring yearlings with the love of my life. It's so awesome. And then it's like, nope, never mind. Privately text that to Leah and or your sister and staff. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. It's not like it's a, it's not like, you know, a Dolly Parton thing where it's like, okay, well, you're going to have to wear a paper bag on your head now. Um, but. <laughs> oh no, please make him do that. I would love to see pictures. <laughs> Take him to your next show with a bag oh, on his head. Oh God, poor guy. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's definitely. You know, I, and I think that's something that for us as women within this, like as millennials with social media, we, we have this intense social structure that we have to follow that the second we're in a relationship or something like that, you know, we have to, to kind of shout it and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it's really nice to be like, Hey, huh, like, you know, I don't have to say anything. I can just be for a little while you know everyone's gonna find out when y'all get married because court records are publicly available oh okay <laughs> leah i'm just gonna <sighs> okay listeners if leah disappears after this it's because i showed up at her house because i know where you live young lady <laughs> oh, we can edit it out we can edit it out i just love, i just love watching you turn red that was so awesome. Oh my God. I wish I had a video of that. All the blood just drained from my face. That was great. No, don't edit it. It was awesome. He'll get a kick out of listening to it. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my 
he did reach out uh, to me and tell me he listened to the first episode, and I was just so upset oh, because I think he's the bee's knees, and he he is. You know, you have a man that'll listen to women of the West. He's a good one. You know what? I always say, and and this is like in intense with intense pride over the person that I get to be with is that he is a bigger feminist than I am. Some days I think, and he. He is absolutely amazing and he's so, he's so much more involved and conscious of women's issues and human rights and things like that. It's always amazing to me. I'm always like, oh, I don't have to explain this to you. You're already, you already know more about it than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's got a good, what's, what's the term? He seems very steady. And he knows <laughs> oh my God, so he is. He's very <laughs> steady. He's a very, that's exactly what my mom says too. I'm actually pretty sure we always joke and say that, that yes, they love me. They love me more, but they like him more. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Oh, <laughs> now I'm going to have to go see him. Oh, maybe I'll leave after this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good, I'll tease him sloppy, he's on the podcast. Right? Sloppy snowy roads. Like, hmm, I think I'll go drive on those now. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with the gumbo. Uh, yeah, right. Frozen palace. <laughs> Smart woman. Smart woman. So tell me and and I'm gonna I'm gonna be bad here, but I wanna know what's next for the podcast because I'm so excited about this. You've done such an incredible job. You like, I mean, you were, you were laughing earlier and saying you didn't know what you were doing, but girlfriend, I think you kind of know exactly what you're doing. You're doing amazing things and I'm really excited to see what you do next. Thank you. Um, I've been talking to a couple other gals who I'm really excited to share with the world. I think they have some awesome things to say and trying to stick to once a month and, you know, do little things like the Elko stories as I, have more fun things to share. My mm-hmm. my really good friend back home, she listened to the first podcast and she said, I have one thing, one uh, you know, complaint. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell? You didn't just edit this for four hours. <laughs> what the hell are you having about? <laughs> What's she your said, problem? I, she said, I want to hear more from you. And I was like, Yes. Thanks. Oh, hey. so, yeah. You know, looking forward to interviewing some more gals and this is an outlet for me and I'm trying to keep it healthy because I love to just overdo things and mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, I'm going to do like 45 episodes this month. Yes. But I think we're just rolling with it. And I kind of released that I'm still trying to do my trip in May. So hopefully I'll get episodes done early so I don't have to worry about it while I'm on the road and Maybe I meet some random women in random places around the U.S. to talk to while I'm on the road as well. Well, depending depending on where your trip is, I I can actually think of a couple of women off the top of my head that you should probably go and interview while on your trip because they're amazing. (laughs) I'm thinking I'll put my route out on Facebook and have people tag tag their friends that have an extra horse pasture I can kick Dolly out. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, (laughs) absolutely. Well, and you have a place here as well, as you know, because 
I will be extremely upset with you if you come to California and you don't come drink a bottle of wine with me and giggle for way too long and have a little gossip session. <laughs> I appreciate the offer. Let's see if the stage is on fire or not by the time that I right? look through it, to be quite oh, honest. Gosh, I hope, yeah, I'm really hoping all this moisture and snow and rain that we've gotten is, you know, kind of protecting us from another last year because that was just, oh, that was horrific. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something, you know, not even just in California. I'm just thinking, okay, you know, July, I'm starting to get into fire season. I need to, you know, plan my mm -hmm. route so that I don't get, I can't imagine getting stuck somewhere. You see those videos of people driving horse trailers out in the spot flames and it just. Oh, it's so I scary. Yeah. No. No, you actually, know, I. I <laughs> you had to re-record the album because of the smoke inhalation oh. issues that you were facing, right? Oh, so. my God. Leah, it was just so ridiculous. So the house catches on fire, right? And the Thomas fire. Like, so for people listening, the Ventura, California, caught on fire during the Thomas fire in 2000. And, um, well, it was 2017, actually. Um, and the night of... December 4th, I will never forget, I had been hanging out with actually the beautiful, amazing, incredible woman that wrote the foreword to my book, Mary Osborne. She's a professional surfer. And we had been hanging out um, that night and I went home because my dad actually had been texting me and was like, so I think we're going to get evacuated. And I was like, huh, I think you should probably go home. And we did. And we got I've been at my parents' parents' house at that time, actually, because I was getting ready to move to Utah. And it was so funny. I literally had boxes packed in the room I was staying in, in their house, like, to move. And we were grabbing guitars and some photo albums and guns. And we got out, and then the house, the house burned in the morning. And my dad and I were able to actually get back to the house. My dad, my dad... He does a job that if he doesn't have his computer, like, and this is going to sound so silly to so many people. And at the time, I remember it was, it was really important that we basically got his computer out and it had been one of the things left. And we, we went back in and, um, we got his computer and we actually kicked down a fence that was on fire that was going towards the garage. And that actually saved part of the, saved that garage, which was amazing. Um, and I went into the house because I thought he was in there still. And I heard him yelling and I thought he had, you know, the back house, the back part of the house was on fire. And I thought he was trapped in the back of the house. And I thought, you know, some of the roof had come down or something. It's like, okay, I'm going to go like, what am I going to do? Go drag my, you know, 225 pound father out of a burning building. Like it was ridiculous, but I ran into the back of the house to like, see if I could find him. And it turned out he was, he wasn't even in the house. He was actually behind it. Um, and it was enough time while I was in the house to just get like a ridiculous, ridiculous smoke inhalation. And I, you know, it's one of those things you, you, it's so gross, you know, you throw up and you're just, you sound like you've been smoking for 60 years. Um, and in true brand and fashion, you know, we, as a family, we were like, well, cool. Um, that was exciting. I'll never forget. My mom the next morning was like, well, I don't have an ant problem <laughs> anymore. And I was like, 
Okay, so you're a different kind of housewife then. Like, I don't have an ant problem anymore. Right, gotcha. Um, moving on. Um, but kind of in the in the weeks following that, I'd moved to Utah. I had all this time set aside with my studio, Wave Lab Studios in Tucson, Arizona, and I was going down to go record the new album. And I'm such a stubborn person that I was like, no, I can do it. I can force myself to be okay. I was like, I can, I can force my body. I can force my voice. I can make it work. And I got down there and, and we recorded and it was just, it was so, it was so weird. It was so hard to hear myself like that because I didn't, I didn't even recognize my voice. And it's been, it's been over a year and I still honestly don't really recognize some parts of my voice anymore. I sing differently. Um, I, I actually went and saw a throat specialist and, um, you know, he was like, well, your lungs are black, honey. And like your throat is scarred and this is a serious issue. And I was like, well, you're going to need to figure something out other than hot tea and lemon because I have to go sing. And he was like, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> so, you know, this past year I basically fed cows and cowboyed in Utah and rested my voice. I did a few shows um, came out with the book and I just, I kind of rested it and it was a definite, um, learning experience. It was a challenge. And honestly, I really don't feel like I've ever appreciated being able to sing more right now at this point in my life. It's every time that I get up and I sing and it doesn't hurt now, it's been really incredible. And yeah, I, I think it kind of made me go, Oh, so wait, we have to take care of our bodies? Seriously? No. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah, that. Take for granted. Take yeah. things for granted that don't, uh, you know, just unconscious things. And yeah. I don't yeah, worry about so that as much because I never had much of one to begin with, <laughs> but I can't imagine losing that. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, you think about the thing that you use the most, you know, as a cowboy, you're, you know, I have a dear friend that, um, was was paralyzed when he was younger and and he was a cowboy and losing the ability to be independent like that was this huge blow to him and it sounds so trivial but I kept I was always thinking about that going oh my gosh you know what if I lost the ability to play the guitar to sing to do what I love to ride to do all this and you, you start thinking about those sorts of things and having having those things in your life that you kind of take for granted away and um really quickly you start being pretty pretty thankful <laughs> for those things in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how many years is there anything else you want to talk about? Honestly, I'm just so ready to hear all about your, your plan for May and to see you again. And I'm so excited that we got to hang out today. Thank you so much for having me. This was this was the next best thing to getting to sit down and have a glass of wine with you and sit on the couch and talk. This was, this was, this was so cool. I really appreciate it. And I'm so proud of you and the podcast and I can't wait to share it with everybody and tell them to go all, you know, listen to everything that you're doing. Cause it's, it's really neat and it's really needed right now at this time in our culture and in the world. And as women, we, we need other women that, support each other that don't just talk about it. And it's, it's really cool what you're doing. It was really an honor to get to hang out with you today. Thank you. <laughs>
All right, this episode's wrapped. Thank you guys for listening in. I so appreciate your continued support of the podcast. And now we can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. I'll post links to Adrian's social media, but you can find her at Adrian Buckaroo Girl on most sites. Thanks for listening.